This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And as we shared last time, today's question is a little bit more on the mature adult nature. So if you've got listeners that are younger, you might want to push the pause button as we share the question. All right, we've given you a minute now to pause. All right, Pastor Michael, what does the Bible say about masturbation? Um, I defer that question to you, Tim. You can't defer that to me. It's back to you, buddy. Um, What does that word mean? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. um, So here's what I I know. Um, I'm not going to speak to men or to women particularly um, as we answer this because it can go uh, both ways. It goes both ways. And um, so very simply, I could just answer the question as asked and say nothing and then walk away and say, drop the mic, we're done. But I know that's not what the person asking the question is really trying to get at. They want to know, does the Bible permit this? And if so, in what context? Or is it sinful? Um, Yeah, is it sinful? And um, so the answer is not easy because the Bible literally never addresses it. Um, In the book of Genesis, there's a, a dude named Onan who spilled his seed on the ground and some people have tried to make the connection between Onan and this. It's not mm-hmm. the case. The King James Version uses some slippery language that makes you think it's talking about masturbation. It's not. Um, nowhere in the Bible is this even brought up, which honestly is kind of surprising to me because every sexual act you can imagine is brought up in the Bible. And uh, when you just read in the book of Deuteronomy the list of sexual deviances that are forbidden, you would think that somewhere, sometime, this universal issue experienced by most of humanity would have been addressed by Scripture. And so um, I have this little joke that I say only in the audiences of dudes when people say, the Scriptures address every single issue pertinent to life and godliness. And I say, except masturbation, because (laughs) I would really have appreciated uh, being a youth pastor and working with tons of dudes, particularly on this level, um, a lot more clarity on this. So um, I'm going to present what, again, we would call a cumulative case argument. We did this with one of the podcasts in the past so that probably uh, if you just looked at each individual point, they wouldn't make the case, but but collectively together, um, I think the overwhelming thrust of scripture is that um, it is not possible to masturbate and be holy simultaneously. So that would probably be my conclusion and let me um, justify that. So um, first I would say this, that um, masturbation is nearly always, not always, but nearly always the result of lustful thoughts, sexual stimulation, either visually or through another circumstance or through pornographic images. And uh, all of these are problems that need to be dealt with. And so the reality of our world, I'll speak to particularly the men, but I know this applies both ways, is is that there are half-naked women and half-naked men everywhere. And so um, culture encourages lust. It sees it as a good, healthy, natural thing. And it is natural from a sinful fleshly perspective, but it's not helpful. It's not godly. It doesn't bring more life. It's in, it's enslaving to, to us. Um, one of the things that we've dealt with many times is um, young men um, in particularly um, are over aroused um, simply by holding somebody's hand or circumstances like that. 
Um, they're in the middle of adolescence and don't totally know what to do with this surge of hormones. And, um, and so one of the things we found is that um, young men who are addicted to pornography and adolescence bring that addiction with them into their 20s, 30s, and onward. Um, what we also found is that one of the lies around this issue um, is that once you get married, um, this problem goes away. And that is not what we have found in counseling. What we have seen over and over again is that all marriage does is amplify addictions. It makes secrets more secret and darker. And so we have not found that somebody's struggle with masturbation is made better with marriage. We found that typically, almost always, it's made exponentially worse. Um, And so most of the time, um, no spouse will ever be able to satisfy um, the level of stimulation that somebody um, experiences during masturbation in terms of quantity. And so just marriage doesn't end up dealing with the problem. It ends up just making it more worse and adding more guilt to the situation. So um, it is of utmost importance that moms, dads, men, women, anybody who loves Jesus flees sexual immorality at all costs because it is addictive, it is powerful, it is a fire, it is consuming, and it's very hard um, to get out of. So um, so number one, I just, I'll just i just put this on the table. We've set up. I'll reiterate what I just said. Um, masturbation is almost nearly always the result of some kind of sexual immorality or sexual experience in our life. Um, as I say that, I want to just be really sensitive to the physical side of things for, again, I'm a dude, so I'm going to talk to guys primarily, mm-hmm. but um, the physical nature of the need for release for men, that um, that it can be very painful, especially, especially for young men um, who are in adolescence to not have some sort of release. I mean, it's, it's excruciating. And for, so, for some men, just masturbating is an easy way to relieve the pain. The problem with it, and this is what they don't realize, um, is that once you do it, um, your need to do it increases continually. So the people who have had the most freedom from this are the ones who have had self-control over it. And so the longer you have self-control over it, the less control it has over you. The less you do it, the less you need to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, most guys, they will find that once they start, their need for it increases so they do it more. And so I would just say I'm very sensitive to the reality of it, but I also know the power of self-control over this. Now, the second thing I want to say is that it is hard for me to see how masturbation in any context can pass the, we'll call it test of hint of sexual morality test. So Ephesians 5.3 says, among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity. And I'm trying to find a context where masturbation um, has no hint of sexual immorality, no hint of impurity. In fact, um, to the person who says, but I need to do it, um, I would look at you and say, okay, if there was a gun to your family's head and they said, if you do it, you'll pull the trigger, do you still need to do it? And they would say, no, I'd figure out a way to exercise self-control. Okay, so you don't need to do it. Got it. You want to do it. You feel like you need to do it. But objectively, let's speak truthfully, you don't need to do it. Nobody has ever died because they did not masturbate. Can I get an amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, So the next thing I want to say is if you cannot give God glory for something, you should not do it. Um, So 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, masturbation included, do it all to the glory of God. Um, I can't imagine somebody masturbating and saying, I'm doing this to the glory of God. It just doesn't seem to, to fit or be 
able to do it, um, or at least to do it with integrity motivated by the Holy Spirit. Next, I would say, uh, I have yet to speak to somebody, um, and I've spoken to a lot of men who have struggled with this. I've yet to speak to somebody who said to me, I am 100% confident that there is no sin, no sexual immorality, and that God approves and smiles upon this. There's something innate in most people that says, should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 23 says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. So I would say that if a person is not fully convinced that an activity is pleasing to God, then it is sin. And so if you even have a hesitation about whether or not it brings God glory, then you need to not do it. And so um, this is where the conscience of most men and women are alive and strong. And we know deep down inside, this is not uh, of the nature of sexual purity. So finally, here's what I would say. Um, We need to remember that our bodies have been redeemed and they belong to God. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And I go back to my last point and say, I've yet to meet somebody who truly believes it is honoring and glorifying to God um, to, to masturbate. I just haven't found that person. I'm sure they're out there, but they are definitely the minority. Now, I want to speak to this issue on a different level. And John Piper had this amazing sermon. I can't remember where it was from or when I heard it, but it was truly astounding. And he basically said that masturbation is the number one reason why people, young men in particular, don't go into ministry mm. because the guilt and the shame that surrounds them on this issue is so embarrassing that most men feel unqualified um, to do big things for God because of the shame of their sexual immorality. And uh, many of these young men um, were adi- or were exposed to pornography or exposed to things that were um, just not appropriate for them um, at a very, very young age before they even had the wisdom or knowledge to decide whether or not this was glorifying to God or not. And so many men have found themselves um, addicted to pornography at a very young age, now with access to the internet at everybody's hands. Um, Most young men by 10 or 11 years old are addicted to pornography. I know that for most parents, they don't want to hear it. Um, And I would just say to you, um, you need to actually like think twice about this because um, it is a very common discussion that we're having with young boys and parents that they're addicted to porn. And how did they find it? Because they had free, unrestricted, unsupervised access to the internet alone in their bedrooms. So that being said, um, John Piper has said that, um, that masturbation is the number one thing that has pulled more men away from doing great things for God because they don't feel um, worthy, and that Satan has entered into this subject matter and brought such shame and silence and fear and condemnation over it. And I would just say, I think he's totally right. Mm-hmm. Um, that when I talk to most guys, if I could say, if you know, if I were to ask them, if the Lord could take away one sin in your life, what would it be? Almost every young man that I know would come back to this issue, and now I'm learning that most older men would come back to this issue and say, "I never, I wish I was never struggled with masturbation," and um, and so I just want to put that out there and say um, to our ladies. 
Um, I'm not asking you to be paranoid that every man around you is addicted to masturbation. That's not the point. Um, what I want you to be particularly sensitive to is that um, many men are. This is a struggle. Um, many women are also, and I fully realize that, again, though, I'm a dude, and so I'm just going to speak from my point of reference on this. Um, uh, but I want to look at everybody and say a couple things. I have seen God free men from sexual addiction, sexual immorality in powerful ways. Often it happens when they are caught. Mm-hmm. Um, that just seems to be the rhythm that if you don't get caught, the, the sin, the cycle perpetuates. Um, once they're caught, many men, many men have been freed from this. I've also found there are many men who have God has freed them or not given them, um, we'll say, the opportunity to struggle with this. And so there are some awesome godly men out there who have conquered this, who have overcome by the Spirit of God and the self-control that comes to the Spirit of God. And uh, I would look at every every man particularly, but everybody who suffers shame around this issue, and I would say to you this, um, God has forgiven you if you're in Christ can redeem anything and has given you everything that you need to overcome this. The one thing that stands between um, full restoration and repentance um, for almost every dude I know is fear of confession. That's what it comes down to. And I'll just put it out there that having a safe environment to process this with is probably going to be the key for overcoming this sin. Um, And then I would look at most people who are being confessed to to say your response is enormous. There is no shame in confession. There's no shame in repentance. And we need to create safe environments so that the many young men and now women who are addicted to this can find freedom in a safe environment to overcome this. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for dealing with this subject head on with grace and with a biblical answer. Listeners, please don't forget you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Listeners, you can join us tomorrow as we answer one more question. How could I be in heaven with no tears when my children are in hell?